Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant with GFA's podcast, ReChurch. Uh, glad you're joining us today. We have a very interesting story to tell of ministry family. Uh, this is a, be a multi-part podcast. I'd like to welcome Dan and Chris Pelletier to our program. Dan and Chris, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Looking forward to helping. All right. So Dan and Chris, just a little background uh, where y'all are now in ministry. Well, I'm the associate pastor at Hamilton Square Baptist Church here in San Francisco. And uh, Chris works with the ladies here in the church and is very active with that ministry. And y'all have been in several ministries. You were in Guam. Yes, we were in Guam for quite a while. And that is where you adopted your daughter, Hope, who will be a part of some of the other podcasts. Yes, Yes. sir. Mm -hmm. Chris, so how old were you and Dan when y'all adopted Hope? We were, I think, 35 years old when we adopted her. Okay, so y'all were not new, um, young. I mean, you're middle-aged parents. And uh, Hope is your only child. And yes, y'all sir. adopted her, you left Guam, and then y'all did ministry where, Chris? My husband went back to seminary, finished seminary, and we were in Kansas City, Missouri. All right, and from Kansas City to? And we went to North Carolina for a year and worked as an associate pastor, working with youth and music. All right, and from there? And then uh, Indiana for a couple of years, uh, started up a farm fest up there, and then we went to... Uh, came out to California to run a Christian camp that closed. After that camp closed, then we came here to work with Pastor Innes at uh, Hamilton Square. From there, we took a little time, went out to New England and pastored a church, and that's where everything happened with our daughter. That's where we'll pick up the story. So I wanted all that introduction to let our listeners know you're very ministry uh, seasoned when this period of life came in. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so you've been in many ministries, many different types of experiences, and so ministry was your life. So I guess as we're talking to pastors, pastors' wives, deacons, deacons' wives, missionaries, different ministry families, what you went through is not unique. The unique thing is the Pelletiers are willing to open yourself up to discuss this. And so again, I just want to thank you for your time. I think it's it's wonderful. Well, it's an honor to be of help. So as we launch into this, um, at this time, Dan, you were the uh, pastor of a church in New England. So was it single pastor? Were you the only pastor there? Right. I was the only pastor in the church. And most New England churches are small. And at this time, Hope was how old? She was, uh, I think, 15. Okay. When When we first went. Yeah. When you first went. went. So the different ministry pressures, right? You got these moves. Right. You adopted her, so she's been through several moves here, different ministry situations. Mm -hmm. So as you go through this, do you think these moves had any impact? Do you think becoming a senior pastor at this point had any impact? So Dan, you and Chris just comment, because they're different seasons of ministry, right? Different positions. I think it's possible that some of the, the facts that, you know, we were following God's call or there were situations that required us to leave a ministry. 
that she was sometimes uprooted when she was just getting established with friends and things like that. And that's hard on her, and she had no choice in the matter. It was just the way things worked in her life as a child. Yeah. But when we went to um, New England, uh, she was very much in favor of that move. Uh, you know, I remember uh, when we were out there visiting and considering the ministry that, you know, we sat with her one night and we, you know, talked with her and prayed with her. And she said, you know, she told her dad, in fact, she was sitting in his lap and said, dad, I think this is what we need to do. I think it's going to be hard, but I think it's what we need to do. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and she remembers it too. And and and, yeah. and some of her recollections of that, I think she and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but mm-hmm. I think she even said that it was like a fresh start, and she was looking yes. forward to it. So, yeah. um, and we understand there's certain challenges ministry families, missionary families face. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I want you to comment on that. So you saw God's grace at each step in this, did you not? Oh, absolutely. oh yeah, it always is there. Okay. So where I want to kind of pick it up is. Several years into New England, I think about three years, um, Hope decided to leave home. Yes. Uh, is that, is that yeah, she had just turned 18. All right. So as you now have a child who left home, not in a good situation, uh, by her own admission, and our listeners will hear uh, her, her testimony on that, mm-hmm. um, how did you respond? Well, the the morning when everything happened, I called a couple of men over from my church because I wanted somebody to see what was happening so that it wasn't it wasn't just my word against my daughter's word. And basically, you know, I I tried to tell her that by doing what she was doing that it was gonna change a whole lot of things in a lot of people's lives. And I begged her not to go. Mm-hmm. Um and I told her we loved her and we didn't want her to go, but we'd already had a, a meeting with a police officer who'd come earlier in the day and said, um, you, you, can't, you can't stop her, she's 18, you can't do anything, There's, you have no legal, legal rights anymore. And uh, so we were just heartbroken. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's, that's all we could really say, we just, it just. Very hard. All right, so Hope has determined to run away from home, and you brought two men from the church over. The police now say she's 18, so she's an adult, so she can make her own decisions. Right. Is that right? That's that's correct. And so uh, she made her decision. Uh, She left home. So, Dan, what did you and Chris, what were y'all's next steps once you realized, okay, she's gone? Well, first I had to get my wife to stop crying, <laughs> and uh, and then it was just praying. Lord, what do you what do you want us to do, and how do we proceed from here? Um, can I ask you? Can I stop uh, you right there? So, is there a numbness at this point? Is it? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, okay, because this the strained relationship had been going on for about how long? Well, about a year. Oh, even I would say even more than. I mean, we probably started having some issues you know like you normally have with teenagers when we were in san francisco Mm -hmm. um in fact that it factored into the reasons why we left to go to new england um because we were starting to have some some difficulties here with her and you know even she refers to it you know like as a fresh start 
for her there in New England. And so um, tensions had been building for, I would say, you know, three years, three, maybe four years. Okay. So this is now the end of that tension. Yes. And so you're spiritually numb. So Dan, mm -hmm. what was the decision you and Chris had to make about ministry at this point? Because there are a lot of ministry people listening to this. Well, we had to determine had, had, what had we done. Had we done anything to, to cause our daughter to make this decision? Um, were we fit for ministry? Um, were we disqualified from ministry? Did the fact that, you know, our daughter left home disqualify us? And, and uh, of course, we, we really had to pray through a lot of that. And there, there really wasn't a lot of places to go to get advice. And so it was, that's partly why we want to do this because. Uh, I mean, do this know, as record this. Right. Yeah. Do this recording because people need to know that there are, uh, well, there are, there are various responses to that. You know, it's child who's unruly, uh, disqualifies a parent. I know of some people that even hold that over their children's heads as little children. Uh, if you if you act up, child, my your daddy can't be pastor. That type of, I've heard that said. Yeah. And that, what a terrible amount of pressure to put on a child. But um, though we can't say we were perfect, we did not believe that we had done anything to disqualify ourselves from ministry. We tried because to keep she's her an adult word. child. So listen, yeah. yeah, she's so an she, adult child. She's an adult. She made a okay. decision, but at the same time, because of the numbness and. And, and frankly, because of some of the response of some of the people there in the church, not understanding and, and, and all that, they're, they're good people. We just felt like for the sake of the church and the ministry that, um, that we needed to go. And uh, at the same time, I had a brother who was ill and, and, and on a mission field and, and, and died from the cancer he was fighting. And so we were dealing with that and parental issues back uh, in the Midwest uh, with health and, and this whole thing. There were so many family complications all and at you, this point. And your time. mom's a widow, correct, at this time? My mom's a widow, right. Okay. Okay. So all of these, all these pressures just seem to say, okay, it's time to, time to work on family for a while. Okay. And so we, we, we did that and, uh, and we don't regret doing that at all. That was, it was the right thing to do. All right. Uh, Chris, from the wife's perspective, how were you handling this and what were your words of encouragement or words of, of help or words or prayers of encouragement for your husband? Mm -hmm. Well, we did a lot of praying about it and the Lord just gave us, you know, that, that peace that this was the right thing to do. Um, you know, I never would have asked for this, but looking back on it when i think of this would have been hope's senior year of of high school and with everything that husband's brother with my parents and their illnesses um i don't know gotten through her senior year but it's amazing to look back and see how god orchestrated it and allowed it and you know, you just know that this is God's will, and I have I had to support him in that. That was very important, you know, to me, uh, because this was a very disheartening and discouraging situation. Either add to that, or I could 
hopefully be a help and an encouragement to well, my If I can husband. ask both of you this, so Dan, what would you say was the greatest strain on the marriage relationship at this time between you and between you and Chris? Oh, that there rain on a marriage relationship other than the finances of how to keep it going. We have a lot of things in the past, and uh, we we're just very close, and, and our marriage has always been been very tight. And uh, so, no, we, we didn't struggle with it, at least in my mind. Uh, Chris, what about she you? She's shaking her head and saying she didn't. No. So, so. <laughs> well, in some ways, we start together because. It was, it felt like we were, uh, you know, alone in this, you know, in, in many aspects. And yeah, so, <laughs> you know, so it really uh, drove us, I think, closer to each other, closer to the Lord, because I don't know, it, it just sometimes, and we knew we had the Lord there. All right. So at but, any time, did you um, feel like the Lord had forsaken you or the Lord was not hearing your prayers? Help parents think through this. No way. Yeah. No, I mean... Uh, it may have felt, I, I never felt abandoned by okay. the Lord. We just had to run to him. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, he was the only place to go, so to speak. And and so. Um, yeah, he was a real refuge. Yes, definitely. Right, so let me shift gears, staying at this stage of the of the situation. So what would, if if you were sitting here talking to a couple of deacons in a church and their pastors facing Dan, what you and Chris are experiencing, what would be some advice you could give? And, and Chris, I'll ask you to comment as well. Uh, so Dan from the deacons mm -hmm. or leaders in the church and Chris from deacons wives or women leaders in the church. So Dan, what advice could you give men in the church of how to help their pastor if he's where you were at this point where uh, a young adult, child has just walked out of the house and chosen a relationship that's not honoring to the Lord? Well, I think, first of all, you just need to bathe your pastor in prayer. I mean, pastors are people, too. And uh, and just as they, they have to start thinking what they would feel like if it was their child and, and they were in a state of shock like we were, there were people in the church who who were tremendously comforting, bringing over you know casseroles and, <laughs> and uh, showing support. There were others that were pretty judgmental, and but you know. But churches don't go through this every day. Pastors don't go through this every day. Pastors. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're they're just they're, everybody's everybody's shocked and nobody knows what to do. I think I think in our situation because of the mounting tension that they knew was going on with our daughter, that some of them probably weren't surprised. Um, I'm sure that some thought, what have you been doing in your home? That's, and, you know, you can't talk about some of this stuff. And, uh, I mean, you, you do to a certain extent to some, and some just won't understand. Um, but they just need to be understanding, loving, and, recognize this is a hurting family and uh, and they need our prayers and your support and uh, give guidance when it's asked for and otherwise be like Job's friends at the beginning of the story and not like Job's friends at the end. Okay. All right, Chris, what about you? Again, at this stage of the relationship with Hope, 
she's gone. So how could ladies, what would you tell ladies the pastor's wife needs? Well, definitely she needs, she needs your prayers. I can remember one lady in particular who had difficulties with her son and she was a single mom and she had befriended me and, you know, she just talked with me and said, I understand what you're going through and I'm praying for you. And that, that meant a whole lot to me. Again, I would never ask that someone go through that, but it was a real comfort to know Nels had gone through this, even though she wasn't a ministry wife, um, but she had gone through this and she understood and she was a help and she was an encouragement to me that that was tremendous. I talked to her more than once and she was, she was, she was an encouragement to me and let me know that there is hope and just to keep loving my daughter and um, not giving up. This woman that was a help and encouragement to me, she was still going through some things with her son, but yet she still had hope that there, there was, um, there was still hope that the relationship could be restored. And, and so that, that meant a great deal to me during that time. All right, let me take this one step further. So still at the stage we're in, where your child has just left, Dan, did any other pastors reach out to you either in the area or others you had served with? What would you recommend? In other words, Dan, if this happened to some, another pastor that you knew, what would you do for him? Well, I, and I have done this. So, um, if I found out about it and I knew the guy and I felt like I was close enough to at least say something, uh, the biggest thing it would be, I'm, I'm here if you need to talk. Uh, and uh, I do this regularly with pastors now, and I just tell them, I've got Alzheimer's. Tell me anything you need to tell me. I'll forget it anyway, but I will pray for you. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. just to have a listening ear is huge. Mm -hmm. Chris, you feel the same way? Yes, I do. You know, and one thing a couple of the ladies did, because all of a sudden I'm sitting alone in church, you know, because mm. my daughter's not there. And a couple of them would come and sit with me during the service. And and that meant a lot as well, definitely. Oh, yeah. That's one of those little things we overlook. That's, oh, yes. That's a great. This has been Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. We have been discussing uh, with Dan and Chris Pelletier as they ministered and their uh, daughter left home. We've kind of covered that in this first podcast. In the next podcast, and the third one, we'll continue the, the story, how God brought reconciliation. But Dan and Chris, thank you so much for being here on this uh, podcast, and we look forward to our next one. Thank you. Yes, sir. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.